Welcome to Birth Naturally. I'm Kaylee. And I'm Kate. And we are sisters having a conversation about everything from med-free birth to natural parenting. Hi everyone, welcome back. It's hard to believe it's almost Christmas. It feels like it's March still because we lost an entire year, but here we are. Uh, Yeah, (laughs) seriously. Isn't that the truth? Yeah. So today we are talking to Savannah and Savannah's story is similar to a lot of the stories we've heard before. Her first was an unwanted C-section. She felt like she wasn't in control. She had trouble bonding with her baby afterwards. She took the time postpartum to educate herself and find there was a different way to move forward. And she ended up with an amazing home birth for her second. So we are really excited to share her story because we know a lot of you will connect with that. And we always like to tell people just because your birth or birth didn't go the way that you wanted initially, there's always a chance to make it right and have the birth that you really want. You're in control. Exactly. Exactly. I hate to think of, you know, a mother being so like traumatized by a birth and Mm -hmm. and really being scared to do it again. But if you really do the research and decide what you want, you can still get the birth you want with your second or third or fourth or whatever. Mm -hmm. And that that Savannah's story just really proves that point. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it was definitely cool to hear that, you know, huge transition she went from one birth to the second, you know, to the next. Yes. And moving forward, we are coming, I mean, we started this podcast at the beginning of this year. Felix Mm -hmm. Felix was a new baby. I was newly pregnant and now we have these two crazy crazy. babies. I know. I know. So (laughs) we uh, have a couple more episodes put out and then we'll be taking a little break for January, we think, right? Yeah, that's the plan. So yeah, we've, um, you know, just been working hard to get so many episodes out and we just feel like we need a little bit of a break and we would love to hear your stories though. We're definitely planning on, you know, doing some interviews. If you have not shared your story and you're listening, you can reach out to us if you want to be on the podcast, reach out on Instagram. You can email us birthnaturallypodcast at gmail.com because we'd love to hear them and keep getting you guys the you know, content that you want to hear. Yeah. I know from, I'm a, we're both big podcast junkies and we know how, I mean, if you're like us, you look forward to a certain day of a week, the week when a podcast comes out and then sometimes Mm -hmm. things get a little spotty. People aren't posting them at the same time and we're kind of falling into that. It's just, yeah, it's, it's, that's why we need to refresh. Yeah. We need to (laughs) refresh and we just wanted to kind of keep you guys in the loop because you know, it's a, we're both, um, Kate works from home. I work a little bit. Um, <laughs> we're both homeschooling, you know, we have babies. It's just, it's hard to be consistent. So, you know, we're going to take, um, a little bit of time to kind of yeah. regroup. I think we pressure. both, yeah, I think we both need that. And I mean, we love, love, love hearing these stories. It mm-hmm. just does, you know, you don't think about the, the back end of it the back end is mostly kate i will say that (laughs) like she does all the editing and she's just amazing especially since (laughs) i have kind of dropped the ball since having hilda it's just um and now hilda like we were just talking about that like like when they Mm -hmm. start in the beginning it's all fair and good and then when they start grabbing things when you're trying to Uh type something or you're on your computer and then there's little hands like helping <laughs> I know it's like can you just like give I me just two seconds one yeah. thing 
<laughs> this one thing, it'll take me two seconds, but now it's taking me a half hour. <laughs> See, honestly, it's like every day. And like these very, these tasks that I could get done very quickly, I put off mm-hmm. and put off and put off because I'm like, well, you know, and then these precious nap I times know. when you're running around like, okay, Oh my gosh. Think of all the things that you have to do. Mm-hmm. I know it's, it's insane. My, my thing with Felix now is like, I work from home as Kaylee said, and I just, you know, bring my laptop around the house where, I, and I work a lot of times at the dining room table, but now Felix loves to <laughs> climb onto the dining room table. So he just finds like anything he possibly can. And it's just like, you know, you take him down, you take him down again, you take him. And like, what do I do? <laughs> I, so I end up just like standing at the kitchen counter. We should, we should post some, we have to post some stories of Felix because he is like, this little he reminds me of my first Jude because he's just Mm -hmm. there's nowhere he can't get he's this this skinny (laughs) and they like kind of look alike because they have these big eyes and these almost like light blonde hair running around the house like a maniac the other day he he took her your your stylist like came to graphic designer and put it in a glass of water you know like this is just classic feeling I turned around for two seconds in the kitchen. Like I was probably like refilling my own water and I turn around, he's on the table and I just see it happening. Oh. He takes my stylus and just like puts it into a glass of water. And I'm just like, are you kidding? Why? Not a regular pen, not a marker. No, no, nope. no. Yeah. The only it's electronic yeah. pen device thing that you have, of course. Mm-hmm. So yeah, you know, so sometimes <laughs> these kinds of things make it difficult to be consistent. This is the behind the scenes thing. Yeah. But when we come back, we'll probably continue to do every other week mm-hmm. and we will try to get it to on Thursday mornings like we used to. Yeah. And, you know, and just try to be as consistent as we can because I understand that, you know, and the reason we keep going forward is because sometimes I'm like, wait, why, like, why are we doing this? And mm-hmm. then we'll get a message from someone on Instagram telling us like how listening to these stories changed the way they were able to give birth. Mm-hmm. And it's like, wow. it, hearing these stories just makes me like, wow. Like the fact that we could just change like one person's life really. And yeah. they can always look back on that and think, you know, it was because I listened to all these women's stories. So it's really you that are doing it, but we're, you know, providing you guys with yeah. these stories. And yeah, exactly. And it just makes us feel so good. So that's why we're like, we can't stop. We're not done yet. It just yeah. we have to just take mm-hmm. a little break. Not yeah, that. <laughs> but we we really do want to hear your stories. And if you're listening now and you're thinking like, oh, they wouldn't want to hear my story, or you're too shy, or whatever. Just, yeah, it's just, it's not scary. It. We're just yeah. we just be three people, like three moms talking, and mm-hmm. you're not kind of out on your own. We guide you, and it's important to share your story. And we talked about this before when our grandmother died and our grandfather died mm-hmm. that if you don't tell your stories now especially when they're fresh in your mind things get lost and right right it's something that you can come back to and listen to yeah. and share with your kids yeah. and it's just it's something that's really precious because these if we don't tell our story then it just goes away so i yes, know that exactly. sounds like really deep and like whatever but it's no but the fact that you know years from now you can go back and listen to that again it's I think that's incredible yeah it really is because even like telling or I mean I know I've listened to my birth story that I told and I'm sure you have too Um, of course yeah yeah, and it's just neat because like I forget even after four months like the remind like oh my gosh how quickly Mm -hmm. those details just go out the window yeah I know it's so So, yeah so if you've recently you know 
given birth naturally, uh, please just reach out and tell your story to us. Yeah. And we we'll, put, we'll put, I'll put a link in the show notes and to, uh, we have a Google form that's really easy to fill out. So yeah, that's that. Yep. And that is that we were not planning on saying all that, but there we, there you have it. Yeah. So now we're going to give you Savannah's episode. Okay. Hi, Savannah. Thanks so much for joining us today. Hey, I'm so happy to be here and share with everybody. <laughs> Why don't you start by telling us a little bit about you and your family? Um, yeah, so I'm 25. I've got a three-year-old and a three-month-old. I'm married to the best person I've ever met in my whole life. Aww. And <laughs> uh, we have two rescue dogs. I would have a lot more if he would let me. That's his, his one flaw. <laughs> and we live in Memphis, Tennessee. Oh, fun. Awesome. So why don't you start with getting pregnant with your first and how did that go? Yeah. So I was, um, 21. I have a PCOS and endometriosis, um, diagnosis. So I was told like, you're probably never going to get pregnant without any fertility drugs. So I was like, well, why am I on birth control? You know? <laughs> um, and, uh, probably a year after I stopped taking birth control, I found out I was pregnant with, um, Eli unexpectedly. Um, we were not mm -hmm. married. We were still dating, um, living with roommates. So that was like a whole oh, gosh. Um, chaotic <laughs> situation of just being like, okay, well I'm 21 and now I'm a parent. So, um, so we got married. Um, we had already been together about five years, I think before Eli was conceived. And so we just went ahead and got married, bought a home and, um, about halfway through my pregnancy with him, I was like, I think that I want to do this like unmedicated. Um, mm -hmm. I didn't really know anyone who had had a home birth or anything, but I had started watching like birth tube live and, and stuff like that. And I was like, this looks so beautiful. Like this is nothing like what the movies make it seem like. I just, I want I want that. Um, so around 20 weeks or so, I decided to start kind of diving into natural birth with him. Um, and at like 34, 35 weeks, I actually got diagnosed with like mild preeclampsia mm -hmm. and it wasn't getting any better at 37 weeks. My doctor was like, I think we're just going to go ahead and induce you in a few days. Um, I wasn't really at the time, like, I didn't know that there was any sort of dietary stuff that I could have done to m make the symptoms a little better. So I, you know, I was scared and we went ahead with the induction and we decided to try pretty much everything possible before Pitocin because from everything I read, I, I knew that that probably meant I would end up with an epidural if I got on the Pitocin. So we tried, um, side attack and a Foley catheter and they ended up breaking my water without permission and eventually ended up on Pitocin. Um, I, I don't know. I, I was in labor about 26 hours before, um, I went, he went into D cells and I got a C-section. I had only gotten an epidural about an hour before that. Um, but basically I just felt like very, out of control like things my husband mm -hmm. describes our first birth experience as if 
somebody like kidnapped me and threw me in the trunk of my own car and drove off. Um, Mm -hmm. And that's, I feel like that's a great description because it was like, I could feel everything that was going on, but I had like no control. Um, And there were a lot of things that I was trying to ask for and advocate for myself, but it was just, things were just going downhill really, really fast. Um, And Uh, the last thing that I really wanted to happen was to have a C-section and um, it ended up happening. And then still with that, like none of the stuff that I asked for was honored, like no immediate skin to skin. Dad didn't cut the cord. The warming tray in the OR is like behind your feet in this hospital. So I didn't even see my child for the first time for like 15 minutes. Oh Um, my God. And it was just crazy. I was just like, by the time I finally held him, um, it was about an hour, an hour and a half after I gave birth and I was in the recovery room and I was so high that I like passed out holding him for the first time. I don't even remember meeting him oh, and that, yeah. um, I, I ultimately had bad postpartum depression postpartum anxiety I did not connect very well with my baby and I think a lot of that has to do with just the fact that like you know, I was so drugged up for a couple of weeks dealing with the recovery that I just, um, I couldn't really connect with him at all. There was just not the the hormonal flow going on there. Yeah. Yeah. That makes total sense. Wow. That must've been so hard, you know, spending all that time during your pregnancy, doing the work and expecting to give birth one way and then it going just the complete opposite direction. Yeah, it was, I mean, I hadn't really heard anything about like birth trauma, but I had read stories of things kind of going that way. And um, I, at towards the end of my pregnancy, I was like, man, I really wish we had a birth center because in my mind, I was like, I don't think the OBGYN route is for me, but, but I do, but I do think that, um, uh, birth center would probably work for me and Mm -hmm. I I guess in my mind though like now I'm like oh a birth center is basically a home birth at a hotel it's not like any safer (laughs) or anything it's it's just like if you don't want to give birth at your home but you want a home birth you go to a birth center so um, yeah I I think a lot of people think that it's like yeah like an in between the hospital and your home but really it's yeah you're you're getting the same thing yeah you can't can't (laughs) get an epidural at either one you're like you're, you're having that right. baby naturally so right, <laughs> exactly. um but like I, I really thought that my OBGYN kind of like respected um my wishes and everything but she ended up going off call like 12 hours into my um induction and the one doctor I had seen every female doctor at this practice which was like five different doctors and the one doctor that I saw once and she basically treated me like I was just this 21 year old who got pregnant. And I was like, I am never seeing her again. She was so rude. Worst bedside manner. Just treated me like crap. She did my C-section. Oh, so oh. that oh was gosh. like a, a punch in the gut in itself. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah. I can imagine. <laughs> um, oh, but about wow. like six months after I had him, I, um, I did, I was able to breastfeed and that was something that like I really clung to because that was the only thing that like 
went as planned. Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. And I ended up studying lactation. I was going to get my IBCLC, but then I realized I don't really want to work in a hospital. And that's kind of something, sorry, he's kind of fussing. Um, That's okay. So I realized I didn't really want to work in a hospital and kind of didn't really know what I was going to do, but I, I knew that I wanted to do some kind of birth work. And like, it was pretty much by the time he was like six months old, I didn't think that I could ever go through childbirth again. I was so traumatized by his first birth that I was like, I don't know if I could ever survive this again. Like if I tried to have a VBAC and I ended up with a C-section like that, I, I think right. that I would just go ahead and get a hysterectomy. Like I just can't do it. Oh, um, yeah. Yeah. So how did you ultimately decide that it was time to have another with, with all that fear? Um, so I, for the longest time I had, I had said like, I really like a three year apart age gap, um, because I could get him out of diapers and, you know, I just, I liked the idea of a three, three year age gap, but as it got closer, as we got past his second birthday, I didn't feel ready. Um, and so he turned two in September and then in December I had a conversation with my husband one night I was like I think that I am ready now um but I don't want a summer baby so they'll be closer to like three and a half years apart and let's just wait and we can try and like you know, March or something. And the next morning I took a pregnancy test and I was like, Oh, (laughs) August. Okay. (laughs) Um, (laughs) So funny how that works. (laughs) So he was, um, he was a Thanksgiving baby and my first was a Christmas baby. So now we socially distance on holidays. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> oh, that's too funny yeah I had I had that's one August funny. baby and I was like I'll never have a summer baby again and then I just had my second <laughs> funny, it's funny how that happens you know another August baby <laughs> it's it's yeah it's planning is hard summer, but my mother-in-law has a pool so I basically oh that's there. <laughs> um but yeah I pretty much like as <laughs> the second I found out and I like told my husband later that night he had always said that he so the first time I found out I was pregnant, you know, I was like, oh my God, my life is ruined. <laughs> you know, I was like just crying. Um, and then this time I was like, oh, cool. I get to like redo the announcement thing. I can like make it exciting now. Aww. So I had a friend like print out a shirt that said promoted to big brother. And my son and I were cooking dinner and my husband came in from work and he instantly saw the shirt and he was just like, oh my God, really? And I was like, yeah. He was like, when did you find out? I was like, today. I'm terrible with surprises. So, um, but yeah, it was fun to, to do that. And then pretty much instantly after we, you know, hugged and had the excitement, I was like, okay, we need to find a midwife. And he was like, all right. He was, he was on board from the get go. And I know a lot of women aren't that lucky when it comes to home birth. So I'm really, he he was, he was, good with home birth you had already decided this birth wasn't for you and home oh yeah way before I was I have said pretty much since my son was six months old if we ever have another one and there's not something like seriously wrong and I'm not high risk like he's gonna be born at home he or she will be born at home so yeah um he was on board pretty much from the beginning he's always like kind of a go with the flow kind of guy there's not very much that he really has much of an opinion on but when I told him that we were having home birth he was like well 
you know, I have access to our kitchen the whole time instead of the hospital cafeteria. So I'm <laughs> happy with it. Win-win. <laughs> yeah. So how, what did That's you fun. do to prepare for your home birth? Um, literally all the things. Um, <laughs> I worked out six days a week at home. I followed the brewer diet. So ate like a hundred grams of protein a day. Um, I was meditating every single morning. I was doing pelvic floor and deep core exercises and stretches every single day, like a hundred squats a day, even on top of my workouts going on like one mile walks a few times a week. Um, I was seeing a chiropractor regularly. I was getting massages regularly. Um, I obviously had my midwife I was seeing and I started doing because of COVID I was going to teletherapy for my PTSD from my first birth because I was like I really need to work through this before um, the time comes because I didn't want to be like in my birthing experience with this baby and being kind of thinking about how tra traumatic that was with my first and how that hinder my labor. Right. So um, I did go to therapy during uh, my pregnancy once a week, and that was super helpful. And then there's a, another podcast called Healing Birth, and they, um, they're they wonderful. All Their whole podcast is about um, traumatic birthing experiences and healing through that, and that helped me out a lot. And I journaled a lot, and um, I think I literally did everything. So in my head, even like towards the end, most of my pregnancy I had been like kind of scared that I would end up transferring to the hospital or risking out or something. But towards the end, I felt very confident that even if I had to have a C-section, like I wouldn't be, I don't know, blaming myself for something. I wouldn't be like, oh, what if I had done this, this mm -hmm. or this, you know, I, mm -hmm. I did everything everything that I could to have the birth that I wanted. That's awesome. Yeah, it sounds like you were super prepared. That's awesome. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and of so, course, you know, like I said, the podcast, like 24 oh, yeah. seven, I was always listening to birth stories. I wanted to hear like all of them, like the idealistic, like water birth stories, like I wanted all the way to like, you know, risked out or um, mid labor transfers. Like I wanted to kind of get an idea of like all the situations that could happen and how different women handled them during the, that mm -hmm. time. So wow. I felt really, really prepared. That's awesome. So how are you feeling as your due date approached? Did you get to your due date? Did you go overdue? Yeah. Um, I, so when I hit 38 weeks, that was the most pregnant I had ever mm -hmm. been because I had been induced and given birth at 37 and six with my first. And, um, so I hit 38 weeks and I was like, this is incredible. Like I, I feel, I felt very, very grateful. And I really just like really wanted to cling to my pregnancy. Um, I had always thought that I would go over 41 weeks. I kind of just like put that date in my mind that he would be like 41 and four. I don't know why, but I, that's what I did. <laughs> and, um, then like at the week of my due date, um, when I was like 39 and four, I had a checkup and I was really starting to feel super emotional at that point. I guess we all kind of do towards the end, no matter how oh, yeah. much you like love the little kicks and stuff. I had SPD. So like my pelvis was killing me mm. and I was like, 
so terrified that I was going to go like two weeks over and end up, you know, um, in the hospital. Although my midwife said, you know, if everything was good and I went over 42 and her backup doctor said it was fine, that I could still have had a home birth after 42 weeks. But I started to get really, really scared um, and worried and just like super, super all over the place emotional. So at 39 and four, my midwife came to check, check on me and I didn't, I hadn't had any cervical checks because like, I just didn't want any. And, um, that day I was like, I really want you to do a a stretch and sweep of the membranes. And she was like, I really don't want to do that until like after your 40 weeks. And I just like almost cried begging her. I was like, please, like the research that I read says that like back to back, um, you know, stretch and sweeps are more successful. Like I just, please, can you try it? So she finally agrees um, we come to my bedroom and all my prenatal checks were at home and, um, she checks and tries to do the sweep. She can't do it because I'm not dilated <laughs> at all. So, um, I'm 39 and four and I'm like, okay, well, I'm definitely going past four. Right. <laughs> like that's, um, uh, and it's like 5 PM. So I'm all basically in my mind, I'm like 39 and five, you know, I'm like, dang, like for real, I'm really not at all dilated. <laughs> this is just crazy. And of course, you know, the whole time I was pregnant, I knew, you know, your cervix is not a crystal mm-hmm. ball. It does not mean anything, but it, it's still a defeating thing to hear, which is why I didn't get any checks. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, um, and why I tell people not to do that. Um, so I felt super defeated. And, um, that was on a Tuesday on Thursday. I had my best friend come over and we just hung out and she like walked circles around my backyard with me. And I told, you know, I basically just like cried it out. I was just like, I had sobbed in the shower that morning and just kind of surrendered emotionally, um, to the fact that like, I really don't have any control over when he decides he wants to be Mm -hmm. born and like babies come on their birth dates, not on their due dates as hypno babies told, told (laughs) me. So, um, I just kind of kept repeating that mantra. She came over and we hung out and I just kind of got distracted. I booked a massage for the next morning for Friday morning, which was my due date. And then, um, we planned to go kayaking on the next day on Saturday, which everyone else thought was crazy, but my due date was my husband's birthday and it was a Friday. So he was going to be at work and we've always gone kayaking on, um, his birthday weekend. So I was like, there's no reason I can't go, go kayaking while I'm super pregnant. It's fine. Um, (laughs) so, um, as she's getting ready to leave, I started having some Braxton Hicks like every 10 minutes or so. And she left around like five or 6 PM and they never stopped. Um, they were about, you know, just sporadic. I was trying not to time them or anything cause they weren't painful. So every 10 or 15 minutes, um, all night until about 10 30, I was having these quote unquote Braxton Hicks. And I took a Unisom. I had had really bad morning sickness my whole pregnancy. And I took Unisom and B6. And I was like, if these are actual contractions, I know that I need to get some sleep. So I took a Unisom and I went to bed. And at like 3.30 in the morning, I woke up 
and they were like really waking me up at this point and it was my due date so I was in denial <laughs> that this was like I was like babies do not come on their due dates <laughs> like I'm not in labor but by like 4 a.m I'm I had to start timing them um and I was like on my hands and knees in the bed um because laying on my back just was not feeling good anymore and I started timing them and they were like two minutes apart and I was like okay well this is happening quickly (laughs) um so I got up and I jumped in the shower and I was like you know if they stop in the shower then I'm obviously not in labor and I'll go back to bed but they kept kept coming so um I finished my shower, got dressed, brushed my teeth. My husband's alarm went off for work and he came in the bathroom and I was like, happy birthday. (laughs) You can call in because we're, I think we might be having a baby. (laughs) Um, so a, uh, so we walk around. I didn't call my midwife, um, until like 5 30 we I went and uh, walked up and down the curb like curb walking um while my husband was watering the plants and I was still timing contractions and they were like between a minute and a half to two minutes apart and um I was like man I think that I'm in labor but I really don't want to call her and her get here and me not be in labor and he's like I'm sure that (laughs) happens all the time like she's not gonna be mad at you um so but I was, like I said, still in denial. It just, because I had never experienced labor that wasn't induced, it just didn't feel how I had imagined it would feel. It was not very painful, Mm -hmm. like at all. Um, so I finally call her at like five 30 and I was like, I, I woke her up, you know, midwives, they basically sleep whenever they can nap schedule, (laughs) but um, I, I call her and I wake her up and I'm like, I think I might be in labor. <laughs> and, um, she asked me how far apart they were and everything. And I sent her some screenshots of my contraction timer and she texted me back immediately. Like, okay, we're on our way. <laughs> and I was like, Oh, all right. Ooh. This might be happening. <laughs> like we should probably like do the dishes and like clean up a little bit before they get here. So, um, so my husband and I are doing dishes and he starts coffee and he calls his boss and, um, and they show up and I'm like, I walk out to the driveway, my midwife and her partner both show up and, um, I walk out into the driveway. I'm like, do y'all need any help getting anything out? Cause they've got like the birth stool and stuff. You know, I had my birth kit here, but they have all their stuff. And, um, and they were like, are you sure you're in labor? Because I'm just like walking around <laughs> asking if they need help. Um, and so they come in, I lay down on the bed, I get checked and I'm six centimeters. And I just started boohooing wow. because when I was pregnant or when I was in labor with Eli in my induction, I never got to six centimeters. Wow. Um, I, after all that, all those hours of hard work, um, my cervix started to swell once it hit like five and a half and started to go backwards. Mm. Um, and which is common with Pitocin contractions. So, um, yeah, so I just started boohooing and they were like, yep, you're in labor. You're six centimeters. Like, you know, we're going to stay. I was like, Oh my God, this is amazing. I just started saying, thank God, thank God, thank God. I was just so happy. Um, 
and I texted my photographer, um, who was also at my first birth and is actually like one of my best friends now that she's seen me twice in my most vulnerable <laughs> yeah, <exactly>. states. Um, <laughs> and, I uh, texted her and she came over and, um, I like, you know, turned on my birth playlist that I'd created, put on my tens unit on my back and started kind of dancing around and having a good time. And, um, I ate some breakfast. I think I just had like a couple protein bars and some, a sports drink and, um, yeah, they started like blowing up the birth pool and whatnot. And, um, that was like, I was, that was the moment that I like texted my, uh, dad a picture. And then I immediately called him and he, um, he answered and he was like, is it time? I was like, yeah, I'm in labor. I'm six centimeters. He was like, oh my God. Like, wow, this is, that's awesome. Like, good luck. Just keep <laughs> us updated. Um, so they started trying to fill up the birth pool with water and my husband broke the shower head off in oh, the water. No. Um, <laughs> and, and like, cause our house is built in the seventies and it's not super updated. So the adapter to the hose did not fit. We should have done a trial run. Anyone who's listening to this, if you want to water birth, <laughs> do a trial run of your pool before the day. Um, so we didn't, <laughs> we didn't have the right adapter for it. And, um, and he broke it off in the wall. And then he, he starts getting upset because you know how men are and with, you know, breaking things and whatnot. And he's like, man, we're not going to be able to take a shower. Um, and I just walked around the corner and I was like, I am literally in labor right now. Whatever it is, we'll laugh about it later. later and, you know, you just need to turn your attitude around. He was like, okay. <laughs> and that was it. Wow. Um, <laughs> And I did think it was funny. Like I was laughing about it. I was like, this would happen <laughs> to me. <laughs> like, um, so I phoned one of my neighbors. I was like, do you have any five gallon buckets? <laughs> and, um, and her kids like ran down this like big old cooler that they use for, you know, like football teams. And then another one of my friends ran and got a five gallon bucket from Lowe's or Home Depot at like seven or eight in the morning and brought it over. And then my son woke up and, uh, my husband like fed him breakfast. And then the two of them, uh, he was helping his dad fill up my birth pool with buckets of hot water. <laughs> from the <bathtub. laughs> Gotta do um, what you gotta do. <laughs> Yeah, it was, I, I was quick on my feet. I was just like, buckets, let's do it. It's fine. I'm not like, my midwife was like, we could just bring it to the kitchen and use that sink. And I was like, nope, I remodeled my whole bedroom for this. I'm not, not giving birth in my bedroom. Like this is where it's going to happen. Um, and my son, he goes to mom's day out on Fridays. So that was like even better. So my, and our mom's day out is literally five minutes down the road from my house. Um, so after that, my husband like got him ready and he was giving me hugs and kisses and he walked out the door and I cried. And I was like, as he was walking out, I just shouted to him. I was like, Eli, I have the biggest surprise for you when you get home. And I just, I cried because that was like, you know, I watched my baby walk out of the house for the last time as my only baby. Um, and it was really emotional moment. Um, and my husband texted his parents and said, Hey, 
can y'all pick up Eli for mom's day out and have him spend the night with you? So we have time to like for her to recover and everything. And so they did, um, <coughs> excuse me. And, um, so I, I got in the birth pool once it was ready and I pretty much stayed there the whole time. Um, around noon, I asked to be checked again because I just felt like it wasn't progressing. I felt the exact same. I'm still laughing, dancing, singing, just hanging out, having a good time. Honestly, it was so fun. Like giving birth at home was so mm-hmm. fun. Um, it just felt like i you know, my midwives were there, but I didn't feel like watched. Mm -hmm. I didn't feel on the clock. It just kind of felt like a girl's day with my husband who is really used to third wheeling with my girlfriends. So, Mm -hmm. um, so it was a fun time. And so I eventually asked to be checked again around like 12 or so. Um, I didn't have a clock in here, so I don't really know what time it was, but I got out of the water and she said, you're eight and a half, nine with bulging bag of water. So, and I was like, what? There's no way like this is considered transition, you know, and like textbook wise. Um, obviously it really just is different depending on who you are and like how your baby's working with you. But, um, I was like, well, that's crazy. I was like, should we like break my water? And she was like, um, that's considered an intervention. Um, you know, I would feel comfortable doing it at this point if you wanted me to, because I can feel the baby's head right behind it and you are almost nine centimeters. So I would feel comfortable doing it if that's what you wanted, but it is an intervention and there, you know, there are a couple risks to it, but that's totally up to you. So I was like, mm, I think I'll pass. And I just like decided not to get back in my birth pool. And I walked around for a little while and danced in my living room and did some supported squats with my husband. And it was so, there was so much pressure from the, the bulging bag, I think is what, what, because it wasn't the contractions that were bothering me, but when I wasn't in the pool, I could just feel so much pressure like down in my pelvis. And I was like, this is not comfortable. I'm getting back in. Um, So I got back in the water and I think around two ish, I asked her to break my water. I was like, yeah, that's what I want you to do. I like my intuition was just like screaming at me to have her break my water. So, um, she was like, all right, I need to do it during a contraction. So, um, she used the little amnio like finger hook thing. And, um, during a contraction, um, Um, she broke my water and it was so much relief. I was like, Oh, that's great. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, and the water was clear. So that was another good sign. You know, there was no meconium or anything like that. Um, and within like 15 minutes, I started hearing my voice go from like, ah, between contractions or during contractions to, uh, and I was like, Oh, I know what's happening. I'm pushing. Um, (laughs) And cause I've watched a gazillion birth videos. Like I know what that sounds like. Um, and so I started getting kind of sick to my stomach. Then I started throwing up and that's when things really did get intense. I was no longer like chit chatting. Um, I really couldn't even like think to ask for water or anything like that. So I'm glad that my midwives were just like right on it. Like 
they knew that I wanted my husband to be very involved and I didn't have a doula because my husband was very hands-on during my first labor. And I just didn't feel like I, I needed that between the two midwives and my husband. So they were like having him give me like counter pressure on my back and putting cold rags on my head and drinking ice cold water. Um, and I was shifting from like hands and knees to squatted to kind of like lunging on one knee. I was working so hard and I felt like it wasn't really, I, I didn't, I couldn't tell if he was like descending or not. And she checked me and I had a cervical lip. So that explains now why I've been pushing for so long and he just wasn't descending. So the next like probably 10 or 15, maybe more contractions, she held back my cervical lip um, using her fingers inside of me while I was mm-hmm. pushing. And, wow. you know, I told her like <laughs> that that was okay. You know, she said, it's going to be really uncomfortable. It's going to be really intense, but um, if I do help you with this, he'll descend through the, the cervix faster. So I was like, okay, let's do it, whatever, like get him out. <laughs> so that was really intense pushing like that. Um, and I was like supported squat with my other midwife. She had her hands like under my armpits and one midwife was holding back my cervix and I was just pushing with everything I had. And I finally got him past my cervix. So then she, she let me go at it by myself again for a while. And my husband was pretty much the only person like right by my side, like they would check the heartbeat and stuff every now and then, but mostly it was just me and my husband, which I really liked. And, um, I remember like at one point thinking, I think this was like maybe an hour and a half to an hour and 45 minutes into pushing. So I pushed for a total of two hours. And I remember at one point, I don't know if I said it out loud or if it was in my head, but I was like, why am I doing this to myself? I could have had another girl. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, why am I doing this? Um, and within a couple of seconds, my midwife was like, reach down and see if you can feel. And I reached down and like, literally not even like one knuckle deep inside of me. I felt like his little head and it was so soft and fuzzy. And I was like, Oh my God, I'm doing it. Like (laughs) my body is not broken. Like he's going to come out. Like, even if I wanted to back out now, it's too late. Like (laughs) he's coming out. Um, and so he's coming past my pelvic bone at this point and I'm just pushing with everything I got. I got back into a supported squat position and, um, he was, you know, at that point where he was coming out and going back in, coming out and going back in. And I remember being like, Oh my God, it's burning. And I remember like all of the birth stories being like the ring of fire is super, super intense, but it's like really quick. And then your baby's here. Um, but I felt like it lasted like 54 hours. I don't know about y'all, but um, it was super intense. And um, my midwife, she was like, okay, if you can't get his head out in the next one or two contractions, we're going to have you get out of the pool and push on your bed. And I was like, no. So I just, I pushed and um, his head came out and my husband, my midwife, like did not have hands on at all. My husband was holding his head underneath the water, just like gently wasn't pulling or anything like that. And I looked down and I saw his little ear and I felt his little head and um, 
my I looked up and I saw my photographer was crying and um my husband was just like oh my god I have his head in my hands babe his head's right here like I've got it in my hands just biggest smile on his face and I was like shh I got work to do like (laughs) it was just like okay I I know but I I'm burning and I need the body to come out now (laughs) and uh and then the next contraction is his body came out and I reached down and I pulled him up to my chest myself and just instantly just started bawling saying I did it I can't believe I did it I did it oh my god I did it Wow. Um, and I think I said that for probably 15 straight minutes. <laughs> Everyone's like, okay, um, you did it. <laughs> Good job. <yeah. laughs> That's so and, cool. Yeah, he came out and he was like really limp and blue. Um, he, he was, his eyes were open. He was looking at me, but he wasn't breathing. I didn't feel scared because, you know, the cord wasn't mm-hmm. clamped. Um, he was still getting oxygenated blood, but one of my midwives was rubbing his back and the other one listened to his heartbeat for a second. She looked at me and she said, okay, mom, I'm going to give him a little bit of oxygen. And I said, okay. And she, then no one took him off my chest. She came over with the little neonatal bag and bagged him like three times. And he cried out and started uh, moving and pinking up and it never felt scary. Like at all, not even for a second. I didn't feel like any fear whatsoever. Mm -hmm um versus you know if I was at the hospital like he would have just been like ripped right out of my arms and um Mm -hmm. so nobody disturbed that peace between us and um I decided to birth the placenta in the water um and we did not clamp the cord until a while after the placenta came out so I, I was sitting there for, I think the placenta probably came like 10 or 15 minutes after I had given birth, as I'm still saying, I did it. <laughs> um, and I started cramping for a second. I was like, oh no, it's time. I know you always forget <laughs> you're like high after the baby and then you're like, yeah. oh shoot, I'm not done yet. Yeah. You're like, I still uh, have yes. to do. And I was so pleasantly surprised though, that the placenta does not have bones. So it was easy to come out. It didn't feel oh, good. bad coming out. It was just more so the cramping part. And then, you know, it basically just like slithered out. And I was like, oh, that was not as bad yeah, as I Yeah, it's just a it weird was. feeling. <laughs> yeah. Just like the body, when the body comes out, it's just like, you know, when the head comes out, that's a lot uh-huh. of work. But when the body comes out, All it's at once, like, yeah. <laughs> but it's like super bumpy and really quick. It's a very it strange feeling. <laughs> um, and... Uh, then, you know, they massaged me for a little bit to monitor the bleeding in the pool. And then I was like, okay, I think I'm ready to get out. Like the water was getting kind of cold. So I was like, I want to get out (laughs) and, um, handed the baby to my husband. Uh, he, no, he had clamped the cord before that. Um, I was like, okay, I think I'm ready. And they clamped the cord and he cut it, but they were like, are you ready to cut the cord down? He was like, yeah, do I need to get some scissors? Because if so, like, I think we only have really dirty ones and everyone just busted out laughing. We were like, no, we have sterile scissors for you. Um, and I got out of the pool and got into the bed and I, um, initiated breastfeeding myself and he latched like instantly nurse, like a champ. And it was just so nice to finally like experience that golden hour that everyone talks about like this, you're just so high on oxytocin and you're just staring at this baby that you've been getting to know 
for nine months and it's just it was so incredible especially just being in my own bedroom like not being not my husband on the couch and me on the hospital bed but both of us in bed together Mm -hmm. um and my midwife started cleaning everything up and I mean seriously like 45 minutes went by before I was like okay y'all can check him like nobody even said like we need to do a newborn exam like I every single choice was completely up to me. And that is really what I needed was this like empowered birthing experience after my first. And we were all totally shocked that he came out, um, eight pounds, two ounces. I want to, I hope that I'm correct in that. It's, I have the worst mom brain (laughs) with two kids now. Um, so we were all really shocked because he looked really string beanish. Um, so it was really exciting that I had had an eight pound baby in my bedroom. Um, and, uh, I got checked and I had, I didn't tear out wow. like not at all. I was like, Oh my God, like what? That's amazing. <laughs> so, um, so yeah, he was born on August 21st and he was, eight pounds, two ounces and 21 inches long. August 21st was both my due date and his dad's birthday. So cool. (laughs) Yeah. So he, he was born on my husband's birthday. And I think before he cut the cord, when, when Noah came out, um, I sung happy birthday to my husband and Noah and everyone joined in. And that was a really sweet moment. Oh, that's so Um, cool. It was really awesome. Although it's funny, like the whole time I was pregnant, everyone was like, how do you feel about her being due on your birthday? Like, how cool is that? And he was like, I just hope that he comes any day, but my birthday so that he doesn't have to share a birthday with me. (laughs) (laughs) That was like the one day he didn't want him to come. Yeah. That was really funny. Oh, wow. Um, Looks like it's going to be joint birthday parties. Yep, we'll have a first and a 30th birthday next August. So that's exciting. Yeah. Um, all big, big birthdays at the same time. And um, yeah, and then like my midwives finished cleaning up and they left. I didn't tear, so I didn't need any stitches or anything. My midwife like boiled some postpartum bath herbs so that I could jump in the tub. And that was incredible. And my husband put a pizza in the oven. And we turned on a Michael Jordan documentary on Netflix and like FaceTimed our families and whatnot and stared at our baby for hours and then finally went to sleep. And it was amazing. Like it was every single detail of what I wanted to happen out out of my birth plan, you know, except for like the shower breaking was, uh, went as planned. And I, you know, there was, I I always have like an ideal, I think everyone has like an idealistic birth in their mind, but then there's things that you just prioritize because you're like, you know, no one, not everyone's going to have this perfect ideal birth, but there's things that you want to prioritize that you can't hold on to. Mm -hmm. Um, But mine went like literally dreamlike ideal birth. Everything was totally perfect from the time that labor onset, um, with my husband not having left for work yet and my kid going to mom's day out and just everything, every little detail was just perfect. That's incredible. You were definitely one of the lucky ones. (laughs) Yeah. We usually have something that we're like, okay, well that wasn't ideal, but you know what? (laughs) It's okay. I guess that's what the shower thing was. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. There you go. (laughs) Wow. That's so cool. So how has your recovery been? Oh, it was, 
It was so easy. I had to force myself to like actually calm down because I I literally was, you know, able to get up and walk to the toilet by myself within minutes of like laying down and um within a week I guess we were like going on walks around the block and I was like baby wearing and um the first time we went on a walk we 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 actually walked like almost a mile and I didn't know that I wasn't supposed to do that okay so um I ended up with some like vulvar varicosities um some like varicose veins and that was kind of painful and uncomfortable but um some icing and I rested a little more and they cleared up really quickly um and I was like doing deep core and pelvic floor um physical therapy exercises at home at like two weeks postpartum and was full-fledged working out a month after I had him and so physically the recovery was incredible um especially just compared to having had a c-section where I was like down like I wasn't normal for months um, and this time I literally felt so normal that I had to like remind myself, like, you just gave birth. You need to calm down a little bit. <laughs> um, and mentally was also amazing. I instantly bonded with baby Noah and have had no postpartum depression or anxiety. And I also bonded better with my older son, like immediately. It was like something clicked and it wasn't like I gave birth just to baby Noah, but it was like, I gave birth to a new mother. Um, and I, I really needed that. And my kid needed that. And, um, I just, I don't know. It was, it was an incredibly empowering spiritual experience. Um, I am very passionate about birth and and I do firmly believe that your experience in childbirth really reflects how you are as a mom um, and the way that you connect with your children at least it's super true for me and um, so I'm actually getting my doula certification in March oh good for you other women Um, achieve that that's 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 so cool sounds like you found your calling (laughs) (laughs) definitely I think I would ultimately love to be a midwife someday but you know with two kids young kids right now and I definitely I said that I that this was going to be my last baby but within like 15 minutes of having him I was like um so can we do that again (laughs) Um, so maybe not midwifery right now but I could definitely I definitely want to start um assisting women as their doula that's so cool yeah, that's that's. I'm, I'm super excited. My friend actually has her own training program. It's called Embodied Doula Trainings, and it's local to Memphis, but she's trying to spread it national. And it is very radical um, doula training, like very high advocacy, like fight the patriarchy kind of system. So I'm like, that is what I want. That's the kind of doula that I want to be. I want to fight for you. So yeah, you can help women. Yeah. Help women get the birth that they need, just like you got. So that's amazing. Yes. So are there any, anything that, any products that you've loved for yourself or for baby, you know, being so newly postpartum? Um, yeah. So, um, 
as far as postpartum stuff went, like I did hire a postpartum doula to do like a bang hunk belly binding and um, abdominal massage. And I know that's not something that people generally put on their um, baby registries, but I highly recommend getting some kind of postpartum doula, um, whether it's to come help with the baby or to get like vaginal steaming and stuff like I did. That was a great way to like adjust into my fourth trimester. And um, product-wise, I love my Tula Explore Carrier. I wear my baby everywhere all the time. And I'm sure a gazillion other moms have told you all this, but the um, silicone milk catcher, I have both the Haka and the Nature's Bond. I love them both. Mm -hmm. I stored like 250 ounces of breast milk within a month. Wow. And never pumped. (laughs) I am like a massive overproducer though. So I definitely need my Haka. but yeah, definitely my favorite products. Awesome. So how can our listeners get in touch with you? Um, on Instagram, my name is at Stoney's wife, S T O N E Y S wife. Um, and all of my, a bunch of my birth photos are on there and a detailed version of my birth story is on there as well. Oh, awesome. We really appreciate it. This was such an empowering story. We loved it so much. Thank you so much. I I really want people to hear this and think like, if she can do it, I can do it. And I don't need to, or I can give birth wherever I feel safest giving birth, whether that is at home or at a hospital or at a birth center or in an RV. Like you give birth where you feel safest Mm -hmm. and advocate for what you want. Thanks so much to Savannah for sharing her stories with us. And don't forget to follow along on Instagram at birth naturally. And if you're enjoying this, share this podcast with a friend or give us a five-star rating on iTunes. We really appreciate it. And Merry Christmas guys. We won't talk to you before Christmas. Talk to you guys next time.